Praise the Lord, and welcome to the Enduring Sound Doctrine Podcast. I'm your host, Brother Chris Roberts Sr., and before we do anything, let's spark this with the word of prayer. Father God, it's in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we just thank you for yet another day. Father, we thank you for your grace and mercy that have allowed us to be here thus far. Father, we just want to give you glory. We we honor you, Lord God. We take the privilege in the fact that we can read your word and learn of your word, learn more about you, Father. Lord God, we ask that you open the ears of our heart. Give us an understanding in all of our getting. Lord God, let us discern the word with wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Lord God, we know that anything we get from this word must come from you. Father, we reverence you, and it's in the name of Jesus we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I hope everybody's feeling good out there, um, wherever this may find you. Uh, we're going to pick up right where we left off uh, from last time. Uh, we were in the book of Acts, chapter 8. And this series is called The Gospel in Action. So I sent a f- uh, spent a few podcasts setting up what the gospel is and what it does, what it isn't. And last week we read in the books of book of Acts chapter 8. Uh, and Acts chapter 8 is a direct... Uh, link to what Jesus said. Let's just read that again. What did Jesus say, Brother Chris? I'm glad you asked. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. So this is an extension of the Great Commission uh, that Jesus gave them at the end of the four Gospels, all right? And we know that Luke is the writer of the book of Acts. Luke, the same writer who wrote uh, the Gospel according to Luke. And if you have a King James Version uh, Bible, these words should be in red here in verse 8. So that means that Jesus Christ uh, manifests in the flesh himself is speaking, um, <clears throat> or Jesus Christ is speaking. Uh, well, okay. When the words are in red, that means Jesus Christ is speaking. All right. And he says, you will be a witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria. So by the time chapter eight rolls around, they were already had witnesses in Jerusalem. That's where the Holy Ghost first fell in the upper room. They went into Judea. They sent, uh, Stephen, And now it says, and in Samaria, and what we read last week was the first part of chapter eight, and uh, that dealt with Philip, Philip in Samaria. And I won't uh, I won't go over everything that happened there because that was in the last podcast. But uh, we want to continue that. Okay, I only went halfway through the chapter, and essentially, Philip was in Samaria baptizing in Jesus' name. No one was getting the Holy Ghost until the apostles John and Peter came down to lay on hands. That's uh, verse 16. It says that. And so after that was done, we're going to pick up what happened to Philip. Um, And we're going to start at verse 26. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go towards the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is in 
which is desert. So again, to me, this is still fulfilling the words of Jesus Christ himself. He said in, in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And what is more uttermost than a desert? Nothing. Not on earth anyway. <laughs> I mean, it's literally in the name. A desert is deserted. Um, verse 27. And he arose and went, colon, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch, in eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all, who had charge, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship. Uh, this verse right here is so loaded. And uh, it's, uh, it's weird that this, to me, this doesn't stick out more in Christianity, but I'm just going to, you know, give my take on it. We all know where Ethiopia is. It's in the same place now that it was in this when this book was written. It's in Africa. All right. Um, and so a eunuch, a eunuch is a man that had his private parts removed. Um, whether force, I, I would assume this was it would have been by choice because he wanted to dedicate himself to a particular cause. And in this case, it was to the queen. And he was so dedicated, it says that he was a eunuch of great authority. All right. And when we uh, look at that word, authority, I'm going to look at here in the interlinear in Acts uh, and use the blue letter Bible here. Again, I don't have everything prescripted because I want to you uh, to go along with me of great authority that's the uh, Greek word uh, donastes donastes a prince a potentate a courtier of high officer royal minister of great authority all right so he had stature in the kingdom of Ethiopia this is important this is important because of what happens next and in a day without internet, without social media, without YouTube, it takes people of great authority and stature to spread things. And that's how good things and bad things were spread, is because people of authority latched onto them and then spread it to wherever they went. People listened to them because they had authority. They were a potentate. All right. And he was in charge of all her treasure. He was the treasurer. He was the, uh, yeah, he, he was in charge of the money. And he had come to Jerusalem for to worship. Now that part there is curious to me because of what happens in the next verse. It doesn't say uh, what he was, if he was coming to Jerusalem because of his religion that was there, which was not Islam, I might note. Islam hadn't won't, won't even be invented for another four or five hundred years. But um, <clears throat> it says he had come to Jerusalem for to worship. The next verse says was returning and sitting in his chariot, reading Isaiah the prophet. He was reading from the book of Isaiah. And then the spirit said to Philip, go near and join thyself to the chariot. Another one of my favorite verses. 
Because the Hebrew word, the Hebrew word for spirit is ruach, ruach. Um, and we've talked about this, uh, how the Hebrew letters of Hebrew words were originally pictographs. And that word ruach is the Hebrew letters resh, va, and ket in order of pronunciation. Of course, when you write it, it would look to, like to us that it's ket, va, resh. But when you write it, because Hebrew letters go from right to left, it's resh, va, ket, ruach, ruach. And that picture uh, of those letters, that first letter, resh, it was a picture of a man's head. The second letter, vow, was a nail, and that speaks of joining. And the last letter was ket, a fence, a literally a fence, something that surrounds, something that's meant to protect. So this word spirit is the man joined to the fence or the head person joined to a fence. And the reason this sticks out to me in verse 29 is because the spirit, the Ruach said, go join thyself to this chariot. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. That that really uh, just just uh, jolted me in my spirit and uh, got me excited because it always comes together. It always comes together and makes sense. For further sense, the Holy Spirit, our the, the Ruach today joins itself to our fence, to us. He's the head and he joins to us. All right. And Philip ran thither to him and he heard him read of the prophet Esaias and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, the eunuch said, How can I except a man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. So he invited uh, Philip in as he's reading. Um, it's it. What what else sticks out to me is that the Spirit gave him instructions. It told him to go, just like in Matthew twenty eight nineteen, um, and twenty, uh, Jesus told his disciples to go ye therefore. They had explicit instructions, and in this case, a Philip had explicit instructions from the Spirit. And it said, Philip ran. It is so uh, relaxing. It is so, uh, the word is escaping me. It's such a relief to uh, know that when you're given an assignment, that you can go do that with the full vigor and uh, veracity that you want to. And Philip didn't waste any time. Uh, like I said, the Spirit gave him explicit instructions, and he followed those instructions to a T. He ran to that chariot. He ran to the chariot. And he jumped in, so to speak, and, and said, Do you understand what you're reading? And he said, How can I unless a man should guide me? So there again, and we're going to flesh out the rest of the story, but it takes a preacher in Romans 10, after verse 9, it says, How can they hear unless someone is sent? Hearing faith, And faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Let's just read it, just so y'all don't think I'm making this up. A lot of times, people use Romans 10, 9 as the basis for salvation, and not what actually happened when the gospel was put into action. How? 
How then shall they call on, uh, for whosoever shall call, I'm on Romans 10, 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall, shall be saved. How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And so if you connect the dots, you cannot be saved. It says shall be saved. You cannot be saved without the preacher. Because we know scripture is of no private interpretation. This eunuch obviously had a desire to learn. And we'll, we'll, let's just keep reading. And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. Verse 32. The place of the scripture which he read was this, and he was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before the shearer, so he opened not his mouth, colon. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away, colon. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. This is a direct quote from Isaiah 53. Let's go there. Isaiah, the major prophet, the first major prophet book, Isaiah 53, verses uh, 7. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shears is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. All right. That's in Isaiah. And of course, who this is talking about is Jesus. And the eunuch was reading this and wondering, who is Isaiah talking about? How can he talk about Jesus when it's several hundred years before he was even born? And how would Isaiah know that he died symbolically as a lamb before his sheer dumb, not saying a word? And he was humble. Who shall declare his generation for his life is taken? And the eunuch answered, verse 34, Philip, and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet of this, of himself or some other man? So, yes, the eunuch is absolutely baffled by this. He's absolutely baffled by what uh, he's reading in Isaiah. All right. And Philip understands what's going on. Philip understands the word, which a side note, we should always be ready to show Jesus in the scriptures. John says in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. This is talking about Jesus. Jesus is the word of God from Genesis 1 and 1 until Revelations 22. It's about him. It's the story of Jesus Christ. And this verse explicitly talks about Jesus Christ. And when you understand the gospel, you understand why he had to die, why he had to be like a lamb. He was the, he, the Bible says he's our Passover lamb. He's that sacrificial lamb. And uh, Isaiah is speaking both prophetically and poetically. 
when talking about Jesus being like a lamb before his shear, dumb, not saying a word. He definitely had the power to get up off that cross, but he chose not to. He chose not to. And he chose uh, he chose to kill sin and death in the flesh when he died and rose again. First uh, Corinthians 15. All right, back to Acts 8. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. There's no reason why we couldn't go to the Old Testament and preach Jesus. Like I just said, Jesus is the word of God. This whole Bible is about him. We should be able to preach Jesus from Genesis to Revelation. And they and as they went, verse 36, and as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? Man, this this is so key. A eunuch from Africa, reading from the book of Isaiah, understood the urgency in him getting water baptized. Yes, baptism means water, submersion in water. That's what baptism means. Let's go to John. We've read this several times, but you can never read this enough. John chapter 3. After Jesus tells Nicodemus that you must be born of water and spirit, of course he's not talking about the embryonic fluid that you come out of when you're born naturally. He tells him, I'm not talking to you about natural things. Ah. Verse John 3, 23. And John also was baptizing in Enon near Salim, because there was much water there, and they came and were baptized. Talking about Jesus and his disciples. For John was not yet cast in prison. Uh, so you must have water to be baptized. You must have water. And the eunuch said, here's water. What, what's stopping me? What is hindering me from being baptized? And Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. Now, if you got a fake Bible, an incomplete Bible, that verse is missing. That verse is missing. And it's dangerous. It's so dangerous because we live in an age now where this doctrine, baptism, repentance, Baptism in his name and Holy Ghost evidence speaking in tongues is not preached enough. And when you want to go off a Bible that doesn't have this passage in it, uh, you're risking, uh, you're risking a lot. All right. Verse 37 is not in your NIV. And why that's important to me is because here the eunuch makes his faith declaration. The eunuch makes his faith death declaration. He said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And in many churches, they would say, oh, you're saved. But guess what happened after that? And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. 
So they went into the water, knee deep, leg deep, thigh deep, waist deep. But then he got baptized. <laughs> Just stepping in the water wasn't good enough. He had to be submerged. Oh, man. This is, it's, I mean, it's clear to me, but I hope this is really helping somebody. Because he had to be baptized, fully submerged in water. And we know from the 16th verse of this same chapter, Philip was baptizing in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So often I hear the argument being, well, it doesn't say how he was baptized. Well, yes, it does in that same chapter. This is the same Philip doing the same work, preaching the same Jesus. There's no reason why he would baptize any different. He baptized water in Jesus' name. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord called away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. All right. And so Philip went, uh, was found at Azotus, at Azotus. And passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. All right. So that's the end of that chapter eight. And uh, that's the main point I want to stress is that baptism, water baptism in Jesus name is key to salvation. It's the gospel being applied to your life. The death, the burial, the resurrection, repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, receiving of the Holy Ghost, evidence speaking in tongues. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ applied to your life. Except a man is born of water and spirit, he cannot see the kingdom of God. This is being born of spirit. In this chapter, it highlights so perfectly being born of water and spirit. In the coming weeks, uh, we'll study Acts chapter 9 and then my favorite story in all of the Bible, Acts chapter 10. Um, this is so good. This is so good. And I hope uh, everyone reads this to get an understanding. You don't read it to... I'm not doing this to try to prove anyone wrong. I'm doing this to prove the gospel right, to prove the word of God right. The word of God stands on its own. But um, just like the eunuch needed a preacher, sometimes people need other people to point out things to them. I myself still need other people to point out things to me uh, so I can get a better understanding. You know what I mean? And um, I pray that something was said tonight, uh, today, whenever you listen to this. Uh, I, I pray that something was said to encourage you, something was said uh, to increase your knowledge and understanding of the gospel, something was said um, to embolden you to stand on the word of God, to stand on the word of God. Yeah. Um, I want to correct something as I go back because I think about it now. In verse uh, 27, where it says the eunuch came to Jerusalem to worship, we can assume, just like it was on the day of Pentecost, that this eunuch here was coming to observe Jewish traditions. Jews, uh, Judaism, uh, 
was spread throughout all the world, and you didn't have to be born in Israel just to be a Jew. Obviously, that's clear in Acts chapter 2, because there was people from every nation and tongue in the upper room. All right? So that must have been his religion and why he was in Jerusalem. But he converted to Christianity, what we would call Christianity, because Philip preached to him from the book of Isaiah. He preached Jesus unto him in the book of Isaiah. When after Jesus resurrected, and the and the and Luke, the same author of this book we were reading in Acts, Luke says that Jesus um, expounded unto them the scriptures, everything about him. He showed unto them the scripture, how the scriptures talk about him. And when you break down the Hebrew words, when you break down the Hebrew letters, the pictographs, it always points back to him. God bless you, family. Have a smile upon you. Like I said, uh, prayerfully, something was said uh, to encourage you. I thank God for this word tonight. I thank God for this uh, passage of scripture. And we'll just end it with the word of prayer. Father God, it's in the name of Jesus that we thank you once again. We thank you for your wisdom, your might, your power. Lord God, we just ask, Lord God, that you sow a seed in our heart. Lord God, let this word, Lord God, fall on good ground, Father. Let it grow, Lord God, that we will forever give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.